Hey guys, and welcome back to the FFP. It's time for our week five start sit video. Now, as we've been doing for this season, we're gonna break this video into two parts. And I've said it before, but I'll say it again. This is gonna allow us to do the Thursday game with the noon games on Sunday in the first video. And then we'll do the three o'clock, seven o'clock games and the Monday night game in our second video. And, and the reason we do that is simply that the Monday night game, those later games, gives us more time to research them, gives us more time to find out information. If you don't play Monday, well, you've got an extra day to decide if your players are hurt or healthy. So it gets a little difficult for us to have any idea what's happening in those games based off of things like that. So that's the reason we're doing that. It's also been a little bit easier for us. We've really enjoyed it. Um, and one of the other things is YouTube, they kind of like that when you post a little more frequently. So that's also pretty nice. But um, before we get into it, there's really not a whole lot to say. Leave a comment down below. We'll do our best to help you out, figure out which players you need. We would say this. We get a lot of questions. People say, should I start you know, Trey Lance this week? Um, well, I don't know. What's your league like? Do you have waiver wire options? What are your other players? Like, tell me about your scoring and just... I need to know a lot of information. So the more in-depth those comments are with the more information, the, the easier it is for us to help you guys out. Um, but other than that, you know, I don't really have anything else to add. Why don't we just get into our first game? All right. So I got the Thursday night game. I got the Rams versus Seattle. It should be another good game there, a big fight in the West. So I want to start with quarterbacks. I always kind of do my quarterbacks by position. You kind of do it by team. I don't think there's a wrong way to approach it. That's just how I do it. Start with the quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford. Right now, he's got 117. That's his QBR. That's his best ever in the career. It looks wonderful. His season's best ever was 41 touchdown passes in the season. He's currently on pace to beat that. He's got 11 touchdown passes, two interceptions. Um, so he's played well. Now, this week, he faces the 28th worst pass defense. They're allowing 282 passing yards per game. And that sounds bad, right? That was against Tannehill, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Carson Wentz. Man, this is a great matchup for him. You've got to play him. It's a no-brainer. Go ahead and start Matthew Stafford Thursday night, and you don't have to worry about anything. It should be a huge game for him. Now, let's look at Russell Wilson in this one. Now, he's having over 20 fantasy points per game, and he hasn't thrown a pick. I think this will be a higher-scoring affair, so I think that's going to push up his volume of throws, which is good. I like him in this one. Now, last year, he did struggle against the Rams, that pass defense, but that pass defense has struggled a little bit this year. Now, they did shut down Wentz, and they also shut down the Bears quarterbacks, but, well... You know, do I need to articulate? I mean, that's the Bears quarterbacks, and that's Wentz. Mm -hmm. But against Brady and against Murray, they move the ball very well against them. So I like Russell Wilson in this one also. Yeah, you know, something to add to that about the quarterbacks. One, like, no arguing with Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford. I think they're both good starts. The funny thing about Matthew Stafford, you just mentioned it, his 41 touchdown pass season. He threw over 5,000 yards that year, and I just learned that he didn't make the Pro Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, weird stat really has nothing to do with it, but it's funny how that works out. Yeah, the guy's a different player now. He's out of Detroit there, and he's got great. Him and McVay are a great partnership. I would like to see him move there sooner. But anyways, those are great quarterback starts. Let's look at the running backs. We'll start Carson, um, Chris Carson, and we'll talk about Alex Collins. Um, so this is Chris Carson's team. Yeah, he had an off week last week, and Collins looked good, and and he's done that at times. He can fill in and be a decent backup guy. Mm -hmm. But don't don't let that fool you. This is Chris Carson's team. Now, last weekend, he wasn't effective, but he's been solid. And I do believe that Collins' role will expand, but it's not going to really chip away too much at Carson's role. He's still going to get 15 to 20 carries a game, three to four targets. He's a very solid running back, too. He's a guy that you can play week to week, barring injury. Now, mm -hmm. As far as Al Collins go, he's a guy that you still need to sit him. Um, I would put him on your bench, sit and watch situation, see how the usage develops right now. Now, going to the running backs for the Rams, Henderson. Um, Seattle's allowing the most points to running back. Now, someone would say, well, that was against Henry and, and Madison, et cetera. But, uh, 
it's still a great matchup. Now, right now, Henderson's, uh, you know, he's below banged up. I don't think he's 100%. He might be questionable. Um, probably not at full return to health. Mm-hmm. So they might limit his carries. He might only get 16 to 18 in this game. But they're allowing the most yards to running backs. They're the last in the NFL. Seattle's allowing 152 rushing yards. So this is a strong running back to start for Henderson. You've got to play him. Sonny Michelle, at this point, I would sit him, especially with Henderson back. And even if he was out, Sonny Michelle is only worth starting in standard leagues. And even then, he's not a great play. Let's go to wide receivers. What about Cooper Cup? And we have said it for years. We had a major crush on this dude. You may not like that term, but I had a crush on him when he came out. Can, you had a, oh, I was. I think I might have been bigger on him than you were. So you had in fact, I remember thinking he was going to have a thousand yards his rookie year. That was a bit much. But well, I, I knew you liked him. him. I just didn't know if you want to use the word crush. You know, but oh no, I have a crush. Oh, okay, yeah. so yeah. So when he came in the league, we had a big man crush for Cooper Cup, and we've been saying it. This is a guy that in the right situation, you know, he could be a top ten wide receiver, even peak a top five. Currently, Pro Football Focus has raised the number four wide receiver out there. Um, he's number one in fantasy points. Star Cooper Cup, he's great. Now, that production may come off a little bit as defenses start to adjust a little bit, but you've got to play him. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, absolutely. He's not going to continue at the pace to be the number one. He will finish as, I'm going to say, a top, probably a top 12 when you look at it. Really, the funny thing you notice about the guy, the wide receivers who finished number one overall, they're almost always a Devontae Adams or a DeAndre Hopkins or a Michael Thomas who are the sole weapon in their offense. Because they've got Woods and Higby, it's going to be hard for him to compete in that top three area. But. Yeah. Now you look at teams that have actually went uh, against this, against Seattle. Um, number one wide receivers against Seattle have torched them. Jefferson, Debo Samuels, Julio Jones. The only wide receivers that struggled against them was the Indianapolis wide receivers, and enough said there, so go ahead and start him. Now, you look at Woods. Um, he did find pay dirt last weekend, um, but I still think that overall his usage is concerning there, and you see development of Van Jefferson. Um, so right now he's only averaging 43 yards per game. He's a guy that makes me just a little nervous. Now, I do think that there'll be more volume in this one, so he could creep into that wide receiver three flex role in very large leagues. Otherwise, I would sit him. I would sit Van Jefferson and Jackson, especially Jackson. I think Van Jefferson might continue to develop, but right now he's just too hit or miss. As far as uh, wide receivers for Seattle go, Metcalf. He's got three touchdowns in the year. I'd like to see his yardage be a little bit higher right now, and he could see Ramsey. And if he lines up against Ramsey a lot, that could be concerning because right now, passer rating when they're throwing, when he's covering those wider series, is only 57. It's very low. He's still very good quality corner there. Now, last year in the playoffs, Metcalf did go against the Rams. He had two touchdowns, but he also had a game last year where he only had two catches for 28 yards. So, you know, I like Metcalf. I think he's a guy you have to play every week as a wide receiver, too. But I would temper that a little bit just knowing you can see a lot of Ramsey. He has had struggles. So bump him down to a very strong wide receiver, two rather than a wide receiver, one. Uh, Swain, um, the backup wide receiver, as long as Lockett's playing there, I wouldn't even consider him. As far as Lockett goes, he had a hot start. He's cooled off a little bit. Some of that could be injuries. He was banged up in week three. Was he healthy last week? But here's the thing. Um, they're not playing the Rams with Jared Goff. This is the Rams with Matthew Stafford. They're going to put points on the board. So that's going to mean a lot of targets. Wilson will need to throw the ball. So I like Lockett as another solid wide receiver, too, in this one. Going to tight ends, talk about Higby. Uh, he's dealing with an ankle injury right now. He's questionable. You need to monitor that. He's a guy that's going to be a decent play all year. He's not going to be a great play, but he's decent. But once again, you have to monitor his health. Uh, it is a Thursday game, so that is concerning with an ankle. Will he have enough time to make it in there? Nice thing about being a Thursday game is if he does sit, you can sit him, and you got the rest of the weekend to find a guy that you can plug in. So that helps. It's a lot different if he could be played on like a Sunday night or Monday night game. You're kind of out of options there, so that's good. I would sit Disley. I would start Matt Gay. He's having a very nice season. And Myers, the kicker, is okay, but you probably have better options. As far as defenses go, the Rams' defense by far is the better defense. But Seattle's getting up the third fewest points of defenses right now. So even though Rams' defense is good, um, there's probably better streaming options, and I would sit the Seahawks' defense. Yeah, no, I love the breakdown. I agree with all your picks. And let's be honest, that's going to be a really fun game to watch. 
You know, there's some games you invite your friends over, your family over. This is one where I'm going to keep people away because I want to focus on the exactly. game. Uh, kind of flipping script here to another game that probably won't be nearly as exciting to watch, Jets versus Falcons. Let's start off with that Jets side of the football. First things first, man, there was just the silver lining. There was a glimmer of hope. Zach Wilson looked much better last game. As a Jets fan, you have to be ecstatic about that. He looked a million times better. But he's still not a guy you can start. One, he looked good against the Titans. The Titans' defense stinks. And two, in that week, that was the best week he's had this year so far. He still finished just 16th in quarterback scoring. So, you know, he's a young guy. I think he's got huge upside. If you guys can get some more weapons around him and continue and get the right coaching staff, he could probably be a good quarterback. But fantasy-wise for this season, I wouldn't go near him. That being said, the Falcons is an easy matchup. If you're in a daily fantasy, I might consider him. I'm not going to start him in my regularly because I know you have options. But in a daily fantasy where you're, you're kind of putting money out for these guys, he'll be cheap. And the Falcons give up the second most fantasy points to QBs. In fact, they're averaging 27.5 fantasy points against them. So, again, that, that might be an option there. But going on to the running backs there, Michael Carter has really set himself in as the number one running back in that offense. And he did score a touchdown last week. But I still wouldn't play him. You know, he's a guy who still is beginning to just still beginning to break free from that running back by committee. It's happening. He's proven himself to be the best runner in that backfield. But he's averaging just 3.4 yards per carry and 31 yards a game. Um, Really not worth going near that. So I'm going to avoid all of their running backs in that situation. Taking a look at the wide receivers, there's two guys you got to consider. One's Corey Davis and the other is Jamison Crowder. Uh, You know, now part of me is just the mindset of thinking the Jets offense is struggling. So they both make me nervous to start. But I think you can play them as wide receiver threes. Falcons have given up seven touchdowns to wide receivers so far this year, including like Terry McLaurin last week had 123 yards and two TDs. Now, neither of these guys are Terry McLaurin, but McLaurin also doesn't have his number one quarterback, right? So there's, there is that. And Corey Davis had four catches for 111 yards and a touchdown last week, while Crowder saw seven catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. What really surprised me most was the volume, was that he caught seven balls in his first game back. That's really high for a wide receiver like that. Um, so in a PPR leagues, I definitely like him more, maybe even as a high-end wide receiver three, but we do need to give it a few weeks to see if this is going to be consistent production or not. As far as the tight ends, Tyler Croft and Ryan Griffin go, I would sit both of them for the Jets. I'd sit the kicker, Matt Amendola, and I'm going to sit the Jets defense. Um, so that's the Jets side of things. We'll go to the Falcons here now. What about Matt Ryan? He's looking a little better. Four touchdowns last game. He's got eight touchdowns in three games, and he plays the Jets. Um, Jets are not fantastic on defense. Now, they give up the third fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, but we need to talk about like what's, his, what's their competition level, right? That's a skewed stat. So they've gone against Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones, Teddy Bridgewater, and Ryan Tannehill. None of those quarterbacks are brutal, but none of them are Aaron Rodgers. None of them are Tom Brady. None of them are Pat Mahomes. And when you see, like, okay, you give up the third fewest, yeah, but you what did they lose, 26 nothing a week or so ago? I mean, it was just... Of course, the quarterback didn't didn't need to do anything. They just didn't let him throw the ball a whole lot. So I think you can play Matt Ryan in this matchup. Again, the Jets are averaging just 11 points a game. So um, I'm going to say that Matt Ryan is a 12 to 14, meaning that you can start him in deep leagues or two quarterback leagues. He is an option, but I'm not huge on him, and I think you might have some better choices. But I don't want to come out and say you can't use him, period. There might be a time and a place. 
Um, moving on to the running backs for them. First off, Mike Davis. Now, he's currently 29th in running back scoring. It's really been a volume thing. Last week, he had 26 total yards on 1.1 yards per carry. He did save himself with a touchdown, but he has not been effective. 3.1 yards per carry on the season. He's averaging like 11 PPR points per game. Mike Davis is a clear sit at this point. The production just hasn't been there, um, which has been really surprising. It's I don't know about you, Rob. This has got to be the worst running back one production I've ever seen from a running back, if I'm being totally honest with you. I can't think of the last time the clear starting back has been this ineffective. Yeah, it's hard for me to figure out what's going on there. You know, I mean, he's obviously not the future of the team. Uh, maybe some of those characters like Cordell Patterson, but yeah, it's yeah. really hard to lean on him at this point. Yeah, and speaking of Patterson, I'm oh, sorry, what were you going to no, say? No, no, go yeah. ahead. I say, speaking of Patterson, this is the kind of running back wide receiver hybrid. He's a must start. He is a must start. Three touchdowns last week. There's just no arguing with the production. They've been using him in the ground game, in the passing game. He is like dual threat. In fact, he's been getting more used than Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. He is the guy they're running that offense through right now. And it's been weird because he's this NFL journeyman who just never made it work anywhere else. But then suddenly the magic formula is the Falcons. Like, I don't know what that what's going on there, but it's been working. And you just kind of ride the hot hand. I'd play him this week. Um, of course, as far as the other wide receiver there goes, you got to play Calvin Ridley. Um, I get it. His production hasn't been what you'd like it to be this year. It just hasn't. But he hasn't been horrible. I would call him a low-end wide receiver, too. And his big issue is that that offense has struggled to find the end zone. That being said, I expect teams are going to start keying on on Patterson a little bit more. That might open up the field for Calvin Ridley. Wouldn't be surprised if he caught a touchdown this week. Wouldn't be surprised at all. As far as Kyle Pitts goes... I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm so excited for this guy's career. He is going to be phenomenal, but he's a sit for me. He is. Right now, he is 19th in fantasy scoring amongst tight ends, and he hasn't scored a touchdown. I started looking at some film. I'm beginning to wonder. They talk about how quick and how fast he is for a tight end. Is he just a little undersized? Is he going to struggle in the red zone? I don't know what it is, but but ultimately, for me, I'm going to avoid him. He saw nine targets last week and only caught four of them for 50 yards. Again, he's going to have a great career. He's going to be an awesome tight end. I just... I feel like for me, it's a no at this point. I'm going to go out there and, you know, hopefully you've been listening to our waiver wire videos the last few weeks. So if you have, then maybe you've got like a Dalton Schultz who you should definitely be starting over Pitts. Do you agree with that? Because I know that he's so young, people are probably not going to be a fan of that pick. Yeah, I agree with you. I know we keep waiting for him the breakout game and I think he's going to be a great tight end. Uh, but in the meantime, you're losing games on the sheer potential of a guy who, by the way, and here's the thing. What we found, we did a video years ago, mm-hmm. rookie tight ends, they struggle making that transition to the NFL. They just don't put up great numbers, and, and I think we're seeing it again. I think you do need to sit him right now. Yeah. So moving on to the last couple things here, their kicker, Young Way Koo, I would sit him. He's a good kicker, but he is strapped to a bad offense and currently is 22nd in kicker scoring. Finally, I'm going to sit the Falcons defense. You don't need me to tell you why they've been awful, but I will tell you that they've averaging one and a half fantasy points per game. So if you do start them, that's what you can expect. Let's take a look at the Lions versus the Vikings. Start the quarterback, Jared Goff. Um, the Vikings defense started this year the way they ended 2020. Not good. Not your typical Mike Zimmer defense. But the last two weeks, they seem like they're heading the right direction. And I think the game changer is getting you know, Daniel Hunter back. That guy is a great force there. He disrupts things. He's a game changer. And he's bringing pressure and things are falling into place. That defense is getting better. Now, the Ravens shut Goff down. But if you look at um, Goff versus some other teams, he did have some decent fantasy numbers due to playing from behind and volume there. But he's lacking weapons at wide receiver. Hawkinson's his best weapon there, but he's got a lot of tension from defenses at this point. And the only one that really did a whole lot was uh, against the Vikings at this point, at least quarterbacks-wise, was 
Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Murray, I mean, let's be honest right now, is is he uh, one of the best, the best, uh, where, where the Cardinals rank and all this? I mean, like, they're they're really good. It's hard to stop. Nobody's shutting down Murray. And so the fact that the Vikings didn't, I don't think it says a whole lot. Where's your thought on that team right now? No, absolutely. Again, they got torched by Murray. And you know what? They even gave up some points to Joe Burrow. But both of those guys are playing fantastic. Kyler Murray is arguably the best quarterback in football right now. I mean, just statistically and what he's been doing. And Joe Burrow, we talked about it. In three of his wins, he's got a quarterback rating of like 120 or something. He has been electric in some of those games. So, yeah, you know, this is far from the best defense in the league. It's certainly not. But they have made some strides the last couple of weeks. They looked way better in the second half versus Russell Wilson. And Jared Goff is no Russell Wilson. No, no. So I think you guys said Jared Goff at this point. Look at Kirk Cousins. Just when that you could trust this guy. He went out last week, started really well, and then he just fizzled out. Uh, to my chagrin because I actually played him and uh, didn't do too well. That's against the Browns defense, by the way. That's the, the third best pass defense in the NFL. Uh, fourth best in terms of points allowed. That defense is pretty solid. They're good. And the other thing that they do is they run the ball a lot. They like to control possession, you know, and keep the ball out of their hands. But this is not that. These are the Lions defense. Right now, they're 29th in the league in points allowed. Big difference there. Um, if you look at that, 29th in points allowed, and yet they're middle of the pack as far as points allowed to quarterbacks. But they faced Garoppolo, Fields, Rodgers torched them for four. And then Lamar Jackson had an okay day versus the Lions. But Marquez Brown dropped three touchdown passes in that game. Otherwise, Jackson had a great day. You saw that video with me. I mean, that wasn't one like maybe it would have been a great play. Pat. Like, he was wide open off his fingertip. I mean, I don't know. It was just brutal. Yeah. And so when I take a look at this, to me, I'd start Kirk Cousins. He'll rebound this week. He's going to be just fine to play Kirk Cousins against the Lions. Let's look at running backs. Let's look at Cook or Madison, the Vikings running backs there. Lions allow the fifth most points to backs. Uh, they're getting torched. If Cook is 100% go, um, he's going to light it up. You need to play him as an RB1. He was off last week, but, uh, you know, this guy's a great running back there. Now, Madison. If Cook is out or when he's out, Madison's actually, I think, an RB1. I don't know if you agree with that or not. No, I completely agree. Madison, I mean, look at the one game Cook was out. He was an RB1. Like, there's no arguing with that. Yeah, so, now I think Cook will play this week. But even with Cook in there, I do think that Alexander Madison will get touches. But it's going to be unpredictable. Now, I think as the year trends on, he'll become a viable flex option in large leagues because I think they're going to integrate him more in that offense. But right now, you need to sit him with Cook back. Look at Jamar Williams and Swift, the running back situation for the Lions there. Uh, Swift is trending the wrong direction, and Williams is trending up. We said it about three, four weeks ago. We said, you know, he's going to have a good role in that offense there. He's very good in Green Bay. He's very underrated. Mm-hmm. Great in pass protection, you know, et cetera. So here's what's happening. Williams is playing really well, but Swift efficiency is going down. His carries are going down. And Jamal is good in the passing game. And what that's going to guarantee, that means he's going to stay, that role that he has will stay consistent. Mm-hmm. He's going to become, I don't know, I think this has become your dreaded running back by committee. That's what I'm seeing at this point, especially when you don't have a lot of weapons at wide receiver. Now, I do think in the game they'll be playing from behind. And I expect Williams will end up seeing more touches than Swift in this game. The one thing I do like about Swift this year, and if you have one encouraging sign, in fact, he's got 23 catches through four games. you got to love that. So you want to play Swift, you could do that in PPR leagues as a uh, running back two, but he's more of a running back three in standards. As far as Williams go, I think what they're probably going to do there, Lions are going to try to limit that pass rush to the Vikings. So I think they're going to get a lot of runs. I think between Williams and Swift, they're going to combine 30 carries there. So I would give him a low-end running back two in large leagues. He's a strong flex play if you're thinking about Williams in that one. I would sit all wide receivers for the Lions. I do like Cephas. I think he's got a good future. I think he's up and coming and developing. But he's inconsistent in targets and yards. He's just not there yet. 
I like the guy, but I don't like him enough to start him. I don't know how you feel about that. No, I completely agree. We're going to do a, a daily fantasy video this week, and he, you know, he might be one of those guys based off of the price paint to plug in there, but in a straight-up league where it's just whatever talent I've got, I'm going to you know hope that you have better wide receivers. And if you don't, leave us a comment. We'll look through your waiver wire with you. We'll try to find you some talent. Look at the Vikings wide receiver, Adam Thielen. You got to start him as a wide receiver, too. He's a very strong play in standards. Um, he's changed a little bit. The guy still sees a lot of targets in the red zone. Cousins looks his way, but his yardage is down. So he's a lower-end wide receiver, too, in PPR leagues. As far as Osborne goes, uh, you need to sit him right now. He just doesn't have a prominent enough role to trust. And then Jefferson, well, that guy is a stud wide receiver one. You start him every week and don't think about it. Women to the tight ends. Um, I would sit the Vikings tight ends. As far as Hawkinson goes, yeah, he's getting a lot of attention from defense. He's being double teamed. That will continue, but he's way too good to sit. He's a top five talent. As far as kickers go, um, start Joseph. Detroit's allowing the fourth most points to kickers, and I would sit the Detroit's kicker. Sit the Lions defense. Now the Vikings, right now Detroit's allowing the 10th most points to defenses. Vikings aren't a great play, but they're worth a stream if you're desperate. All right, great breakdown. All right, now we got to break down Saints at the Washington football team. Let's start off with the Saints first. After a big week one, Jameis Winston, he's been flat. In fact, he has finished 24th or worse in fantasy quarterback scoring three weeks in a row. Despite the fact that Washington gives up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, I'd be very nervous to start this guy. If you're playing him, you're playing for the upside and you're playing for the matchup. For me, I'm going to avoid starting him. If you're in a two-quarterback league, he's a must-start. If you are in you know deep league and you don't have other options, he can be played. There is big upside there. But I don't know. For me, I'm just going to avoid him. The last three games have been very telling. I don't know if you agree with that, Rob. I think some people might want to key in on that matchup. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, of course, Alvin Kamara is a must-start. Uh, not only is he Alvin Kamara, but he's getting 25 touches a game. Like, There's just no arguing that he is a must-play. If you'd like to argue with me about that, just leave a comment down below and I'll I don't know, ignore you probably. Uh, as far as the wide receivers go, who are you going to play for the Saints? It's a, it's a clear sit across the board. Let's be honest, their best wide receiver last week was Deontay Harris. He had five catches for 51 yards. Um, they just don't have a guy there that's valuable enough to play. And maybe that's one of the other reasons that I feel like, you know, when Michael Thomas returns, I'd feel a lot more comfortable playing Winston. But until then, it just feels like he lacks some weapons. Yeah, and there might be a domino effect there, too, because what's happening is they're the number their number one receiver right now is seeing the number one cornerback, but the number one receiver is not the number one receiver. Mm -hmm. But maybe once, you know, Michael Thomas gets back and he'll see some double teams and that allows some of those other wide receivers to, to line up in more favorable coverages. So. Yeah, for sure. Of course, they're tight end. We got to talk about Jawan Johnson. You know, kind of started off the year with a lot of hype, but I think you got to sit him this week. Uh, ultimately, he's a guy who's going to get you maybe one, two, or three catches. He hasn't done a whole lot, and he's touchdown dependent. Worst of all, he is a touchdown dependent tight end on an offense that is averaging the second fewest passing yards per game. Um, for me, that's a pass. I get that the tight end position is low, but I think there are some more safe options out there, so I'm going to avoid him this week. I'm also going to sit through kicker Aldrich Rosas, and, you know, I'm going to start the Saints' defense. They have the second most interceptions in the league right now, and I think they could do some damage to that Washington offense led by Taylor Heineke. Speaking of Taylor Heineke, he's a guy who scored three touchdowns in back-to-back -back games. Now he goes up against the Saints, who have averaged 325 passing yards allowed over the last three games. And those 325 yards were to Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones, and Mac Jones. So, again, not exactly elite company to be allowing over 300 yards a game to. Heineke is a guy who, when I look at this game, I very much see 
this sort of matchup where he could throw a lot of yards and touchdowns and have a good fantasy day. I also see you know a real opportunity for there to be a lot of turnovers from this offense. They've got some pieces there, but they are far from the most mature veteran offense in the league. Speaking of kind of moving on to their running backs, what about Antonio Gibson? He scored him back-to-back weeks, and, you know, I, I have a lot more faith in him than I think most people do. They've been really kind of frustrated with him uh, and his plays. He just, I don't think he's quite living up to what people expected of him. But this is an offense that entered the year with a new quarterback who immediately got hurt, and now they're playing with a backup quarterback and trying to figure out what this offense is looking like, and Curtis Samuel got hurt. Now that Samuel's back and they've had a few more games to kind of figure out what they're doing with Taylor Heineke, well, sure enough, we got back-to-back touchdowns from Gibson. He's currently finished as the RB2, uh, so basically in that 12 to 24 range among running backs, I would play him this week. Of course, you have to play Terry McLaurin. He's currently the wide receiver five overall, and Funny enough, it seems like he's played better now that Fitzpatrick is out. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, maybe this is just like with Mike Gesicki where the backup guy comes in and he just starts throwing you the ball more. But that volume has meant huge things for McLaurin. He is a must play. As far as Curtis Samuel, his first game back, he had just 19 yards. Um, that's not going to be like that. That's probably just the hiccups and getting the rust off and getting back into that offense. But for now, he is still a player to sit until we see you know, what he's going to look like over the next couple weeks. As of right now, Logan Thomas, now he was out last week and looks like he will likely be out this week. Of course, I can't confirm anything. Ricky Seals-Jones will be filling in for him as the tight end. I'm just going to sit him either way. Um, and then DeAndre, uh, excuse me, Dustin Hopkins, their kicker, I'm going to sit him as well. He scored five fantasy points over the last two games. Like he's just not, they're not letting him kick it enough. And then I'm going to sit the Washington defense there. So a pretty simple breakdown in that game. Do you have anything you want to add to it, Rob? No, no. I, one, uh, two things. Washington defense, very disappointing. Terry McLaurin, love that guy. Got a mad crush on him. In fact, Christmas time, I want you to buy me a jersey, okay? From, I'm not buying you anything. Please do. You guys can send me a jersey. I love that guy. So This is um, great. Why don't we just convince other people to buy us There stuff? we go. One thing I was thinking about, though, unrelated, I guess, but uh, when Fitzpatrick comes back, is Tyler Heineke played well enough that he stays as the quarterback? That's something I love to hear from you guys. I don't know yeah. what your thoughts are. No, I completely agree. He has been shockingly good. I remember he came out that first game with like 300 yards, and I thought, oh, that's fun. Good for him. I'm glad he enjoyed it. But a couple games later, he seems pretty legit. Yeah, he does. So I got the Patriots versus the Texans. This is an icky fantasy game. Not a lot of value here, but we'll break it down anyways. Start with Mac Jones. He looked much improved. That was a fun game to watch Sunday night. You could see him maturing, looking like he's got a bright future there. Mm-hmm. He's playing Houston on the fourth most points to quarterbacks. But one, I don't see the Patriots need to air it out a lot in this game. Another one, um, even in his good game, he only scored 40, uh, 17 fantasy points. That's not great. I think he's got a bright future. Um, but don't overreact to his coming out party. I think we need a little more time to evaluate. Sit Mac Jones. Once again, don't get excited. Don't get tricky. I would maybe consider him in, like you said, daily fantasy, where he's oh, yeah. really cheap. But as far as playing fantasy goes, no, nah, I would sit him. And, you know, I might not play him. I'm really excited to see what he can do. He, he went in that game, and they were pressuring him. He was constantly being hit. His wide receivers mm-hmm. weren't open. He was making some plays. It was fun to watch. I'm curious to see if he can step up in a little bit better matchup. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, Davis Mills, wow, this is ugly. He's playing the Patriots, allowing the third fewest points to quarterbacks. And he looks terrible, Sit. This is going to be an ugly week for him. Uh, just go ahead and sit him. It's going to be a mess. Well, they just held Tampa to, what, 19 points? I don't want to know what they're going to do to Texans. It's going to be an ugly game. It's going to be, yeah. Now look at the running backs. David Johnson, Mark Ingram, Lindsey. Uh, sit all three. This is a running back by committee on a terrible offense with Mills starting a quarterback. Stay away from all three of those guys. Now, Damian Harris here. 
Um, he's a guy that started strong, and, and we've been fading him because uh, his role has been going down, and he hasn't been playing that great lately. In fact, his uh, yards per carry have dropped every game. But Houston allows the eighth most points to running backs, and he won't be game scripted out in this one. They'll be able to stick to the run late in the game. And so I actually think that um, this is a game where he can have a rebound game, and he's a nice sleeper play. I actually would start him as a running back, too. I know that he hasn't looked good, but I think it's not a lack of talent on his part. He's shown he can be effective. So I think he's a guy that you actually can play as a low-end running back, too. As far as the other backs go, Sid, Stevenson might get some carries in this game. It would be nice to see what he did. He looked great in the preseason so far. We haven't seen a lot from him. But he'll probably get some carries in what I think is going to be a blowout there. Yeah. As far as wide receivers go, Brandon Cooks. um, Man, he's been everything we advertised him to be a great volume play, as predicted. But he's going against the Patriots along the fourth. Fewest points to wide receivers. So for me, I drop him from a start to a wide receiver four. But in larger leagues, which for me would be 14 teams or more, then you can put it back into the wide receiver three. But I think this week he's a guy that could have a very, very tough week there. As far as the wide receivers for, and I, and I would say the rest of the Texans wide receivers don't even consider it. As far as the wide receivers for the Patriots, Jacoby Meyer, 26 targets and 17 catches the last two games. Favorite target of Mac Jones. Started as a wide receiver two in PPRs, lower in standards. Um, Nelson Aguilar might be a sneaky play. Here's the problem I have with him right now is his targets aren't strong enough to trust, so I would sit him. I would sit Houston's kicker, tight end, their defense. As far as Hunter Henry go and the tight ends looking for the Patriots there, um, he's looked decent. And as Mac Jones continues to make improvement there, he could become a solid weekly play. But they have John Lewis Smith. And so they kind of devalue one another. So I would temper your expectations and sit both of those guys right now. Start Folk and start the Patriots defense in this one. That should be a great play. Yeah, that'll be fun to watch. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm really, I feel really bad they missed that field goal. I wanted them to make that field goal at the end of that game. I'm glad they missed it. I, mean, I know you're glad they missed it. I thought it would have been, that would have been really fun just to watch the Buccaneers fans panic as they go or two and two. Belichick's face at the end when he hit the crossbar was priceless. Tell if us they, who you're rooting for in that game. Really, leave a comment. Who you're rooting for? If it wasn't rainy, Patriots win that game. That's a fact. No, okay. I want to hear what you guys think out there because you know what happened? He makes that. There's like 50 seconds left on the clock, and there's like a timeout I think they had. Um, you know what, Tom Brady's going to march down and have a game-winning field goal. It can't happen every game. Oh, it can, and it does. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next matchup. All right, next up, let's talk Dolphins at Bucks. Let's start off with Tom Brady. We just, just kind of mentioned there briefly. He's averaging 340 yards a game, and he's going up against a Dolphins defense that just allowed Carson Wentz to throw two touchdowns. Uh, clear enough to say he is a must-start quarterback. As far as the running back situation goes, I think you can play Leonard Fournette. He has really worked his way into the clear starting role in that backfield. In fact, he saw 20 carries last game for 91 yards, and impressively, he did it on 4.6 yards per carry, not to mention his five targets, three catches, and 47 receiving yards. He was used heavily. Now, I don't expect him to be used that heavily. Part of that was due to the matchup versus New England. But again, versus New England to run 4.6 yards per carry, that's not bad at all. That's really not. They're a very good defense. Again, he made himself the clear RB1 and finished as a running back 14 overall last week. I would play Leonard Fournette. This could be a blowout game for them versus the Dolphins, and he could continue to see a bunch of carries this game. And as far as the wide receivers go, I kind of started to do some research. I get the nerves there, right? It feels like every week one of those three wide receivers misses out on targets. Evans, Godwin, Brown, who is it going to be this week? Uh, but let's put it this way. One, Rob Gronkowski is out with four broken ribs. That's going to be huge for them because, right, while it was three of them plus Gronk and one of them usually missed out, now that Gronk's out, maybe the three of them could keep their volume up. Furthermore, 
I, I got to kind of asking myself, what is their floor, right? Like, okay, if they're the odd man out that week, what's their week look like? So I looked at like Chris Godwin. His worst week last week was a bit of an off week versus the Patriots. Three catches for 55 yards. That's not the worst floor I've ever seen from a player. So I'm going to play all three of those wide receivers. I'd understand that Godwin seems to be the wide receiver one there and generally sees the most, uh, the most targets and the most touches. I'd play him as a high-end wide receiver two or maybe even low-end wide receiver one. As far as Evans and Brown go, I would consider them both wide receiver twos. They're phenomenal. There's Again, there's going to be a lot of give and to take, but they're guys who are so talented, they can almost single-handedly win you a game in the right week. Um, of course, Gronkowski already mentioned it. He's broken ribs. Filling in for him is Cameron Brait. He saw six targets, two catches, and 29 yards last week. For me, he's a guy that you can start in that tight end 10 to 14 range. I'm not expecting huge things from him. They have a lot of weapons there, um, but he can be played if you're desperate and if you are a Gronk owner who's looking for a replacement, i.e. me, who thought it was a good idea to trade away Mark Andrews when he had Gronk because Gronk was doing well enough. That yeah. was... That was the wrong choice, although it's a bit of a rebuilding year for me. A lot of my players are hurt. So Now on top of it, David uh, Montgomery sounds like he's going to be out three to five weeks. So <laughs> I was having a terrible week. All my players were just laying eggs, and I thought, at least Montgomery's he scored two touchdowns. That's great. Something keeping me going, a little smile. Nope, he has to get hurt. So I'm just going to quit fantasy altogether here soon. Um, moving on, finishing up the Tampa Bay side, I would start Ryan Suckup, and I'm going to start the Buccaneers. I think they are going to torch the Dolphins offense that's giving up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing defenses. Speaking of the Dolphins, let's get into it. Jacoby Brissett, one thing uh, to say is he hasn't looked as horrible as you'd think, but he's still a clear sit. Am I right? I mean, I'm not going to really get into it. He does have some of his wide receivers coming back. He does have some options there, but for me, I'm not going to go anywhere near him. Fantasy value hasn't been there. I mean, he, you know, you'll be lucky to get 250 yards and two touchdowns out of him. You know, that really seems to be a, around his ceiling. He's not going to get you 300 yards and three TDs. So for me, he's a sit. As far as the running backs go, here's a confusing situation. What about the running backs, Miles Gaskin and Malcolm Brown? This might be a tempting matchup to play a running back there because the Buccaneers give up the third most fantasy points to running backs. But what do you make of it? Neither of these guys seem startable. Miles Gaskins has laid an egg this year, and Malcolm Brown has stepped in. In fact, last game, Malcolm Brown was the lead running back in that offense. So maybe we play Malcolm Brown, except he had eight carries for 23 yards, which comes out to 2.8 yards per carry. I'm going to say sit both those guys. As far as the wide receivers go, you've got to play Jalen Waddell. He is phenomenal, had a bit of an off game last game, but you know he's a wide receiver who could very well see you 12 to 14 targets. It's really hard to argue with that kind of volume and how talented and how young he is. And oh yeah, the Bucks give up the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. The second best receiver in that offense as of right now is Devontae Parker. Remember that Will Fuller has that broken finger and is currently week to week, will likely not play this week, but I guess we'll see he could turn things around. So again, the other guy to look at is Parker. I would call Parker a wide receiver four. Um, and for me, he's just going to miss the starting, um, I guess, you know, that kind of that starting line. I just couldn't quite meant put him in my lineups. One with, you know, you got a backup quarterback in there and he's averaging eight targets a game, which is great. That's quite a bit of targets, but he's only catching half of them for four catches a game. And he's not doing a whole lot with that. He did score last week, but other than that, he hasn't been a viable fantasy option this season. So for me, I'm going to pass on Parker. Um, but if you're desperate, he could be a plug and play option. Uh, moving on, Mike Gesicki, I think you should play him. Um, 
Two games ago, he had 10 catches for 86 yards. Last game, he went five for 57 and a touchdown. Now versus the Bucks, who have given up three touchdowns to tight ends in the last two games and the third most fantasy points overall. He is a must play. Uh, finally, I'm going to sit the Dolphins defense in their kicker, Jason Sanders. Um, again, pretty straightforward. That's the breakdown if you have anything to add. Otherwise, we'll move on to our next game. Take a look at the Packers versus the Bengals. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, eight touchdown passes with no picks last three games. He's looking like the future Hall of Famer that we know that he was and would be. Uh, he's great. Uh, so go ahead and just start that guy. Now, Joe Burrow, he's looking more and more like the first overall pick in every what everybody thought that he could be. He's looking better and better. Like you pointed out earlier, in his three wins, I think his QBI has been over 120. Now he's playing a Packers defense that's solid against the pass, although they haven't faced a lot of strong quarterbacks this year. They've had Ben Roethlisberger, Jimmy Garoppolo, Goff, Winston, so they haven't been really tested yet. Now I do think that he'd have a nice boost, Joe Burrows. Uh, J- Jair, I would say his first name wrong. Jair Alexander, I think it is? Yes, just Alexander. Alexander. Um, he's, he's questionable. And obviously, he's a huge cover corner. In fact, he rates as one of the best cover corners in the league. If he's out, that helps quite a bit. Right now, I like Burroughs. I like him as a decent player around the 12 to 14 quarterback range. And he's a great dynasty quarterback. The one good thing he has going for him is he have to throw a lot in this game, I think, playing catch-up with Aaron Rodgers. Going to the running backs there, Aaron Jones. Starters are running back one. He's very underrated. Uh, I thought about as I prepared this video. Um, I think if you look at our past starts to videos, we would just go do this deep dive. And that's why a lot of times our videos were like an hour and a half long. We talk about yards per carry, elusive rating, yards after contact, all these metrics. And we still do that. Mm-hmm. But there are some players that silly to overthink it. Some plays you just plug and play and don't get cute. And, mm-hmm. like, Aaron Jones is that guy. Mm-hmm. Just play him. Don't yeah. overthink it. Uh, Dylan. Um, I think Dylan coming up there, I think he's a nice handcuff. In fact, I think you need to handcuff him if you have Jones. And I think he could be huge if Jones' ankle injury flares up, which it could. Right now, though, he's still a sit. He's definitely somebody to bench. Definitely handcuff, but I wouldn't play them. Then Joe Mixon. And this one I'm watching closely because I have him on one of my teams there. Coach said he's day-to-day, so we have to monitor that. Now, normally from week to week, he's what I would call a solid RB1, RB2 based on matchup. But even if he plays, one concern I have is fear of re-injury. Uh, one play, one twist of the ankle, and there you go, it's re-injured. So if he does start, I think you have to play him, but as a low-end running back too. Now his backup, go ahead. Well, what is the injury again? I, you did the research on it. I just can't remember. Well, they said it was a foot injury and then an ankle, but it sounds to me right now it's an ankle injury that's the most prevalent or the most concerning injury he's got. It sounds to me like it's not severe, um, but yeah, you just don't know. Well, yeah, that's just it. It's not like a it's not like a finger injury that you know on your off hand that you can just push off. Like you know, big big thing I'm going to say here, not surprising anyone. Your legs are pretty important to a running back. Yes, exactly. So then his backup, if he sits, is Samaj P. Ryan. Um, man, I don't like that at all. Normally, it's like you grab the, ha- the guy that's a backup, plug him in. He's got a career 3.8 yards per carry. This season, it's 3.1 yards per carry. This is not a situation where the next man up gets production. Mm-hmm. So if you're really, really desperate, you could play him if Mixon sits. But it's preferable to avoid him even if he does start. He hasn't done anything that I find to be exciting, honestly. As far as Devontae Adams, he's another one just like... Um, Aaron Jones there. He just got to play the guy. He's the best fantasy wide receiver the last few years there. And on paper, it would seem like Cincy has held opposing wide receivers in check. It would look that way. But that was against Big Ben, Fields, and Trevor Lawrence. So uh, just start him. This week, he's going to have over 100 yards and probably at least one touchdown. Start Devontae Adams. Another wide receiver there for the Packers that to me is intriguing is Cobb, Randall Cobb. Aaron Rodgers actually fought hard in the offseason to have him brought in. In 2020, or I'm sorry, 2012 and 2015, they thrived together in that offense. They looked good last week. But I am a conservative owner. Okay, When I play, I'm conservative. I like one more week to verify usage. 
If you are in need, though, in larger leagues that are PPR scoring, he could be a flex play if you want to risk it. Risk it at this point, but I like Cobb. I actually think he's going to develop into a viable option there. But mm-hmm. I need one more week just to trust. I don't know where you're at with all that. I completely agree. And what I wanted to clarify was we're taking one more week to start him. We are not taking one more week to pick him up. Yes. There's a big difference between those two things. And I just wanted to clarify that because I think some people might go, oh, I'll leave him out there for a week. If he has another good week, you're not getting him. Yeah, he'll be gone in this week. So. Go to the wide series for the Bengals. So you got Chase. Uh, had all these drop issues in the preseason. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? Guy looks fine. He looks great. Um, concern I have is he might see a lot of Alexander at corner there. So you have to look at the injury. We don't know how it's going to play itself out. But this kid's going to be special. You already see it right now. He's very good. Look at Boyd. Um, Tyler Boyd had a good week there. But T. Higgins is coming back. So to me, that just muddies the waters for all three of those guys. And I think his return, Higgins' return, if it's going to hurt a wide receiver, it's got to be Boyd. It hurts the most, I believe. I think the best thing that could happen if you want to trust a receiver is that Higgins misses one more week. And if that happens, then I would say Chase and Boyd are both the wide receiver twos in a game where they'll have to play catch up a lot. If it turns out that he does return, I would still like Chase as a wide receiver two, but Higgins and Boyd, I would downgrade to a wide receiver three or flex until we see the usage patterns more clearly. As far as tight ends go, Robert Tanyan, um, just not there. Uh, I know he had a lot of touchdowns last year. You can't trust this guy at sit him. And then last week, Ozuma looked great. Uh, for Cincinnati, but he's done this before. Mm-hmm. When he's come out and had a big game, you think, okay, now he's ready, he's poised to take it up, and he disappears. So I would say to him also. As far as kickers go, start Crosby and McPherson's a fair play. It's not a bad play at all if you need to. I would say Cincinnati's defense, um, they blew it in a great matchup last week. I streamed them, and it just broke my heart. Played you, actually. Thank God it didn't cost me the game. They played bad. As far as the Packers go, it's a middle-of-the-road start, but try to find maybe options with more upside than them. All right, now let's get into the Broncos at the Steelers. And let's start off with the Broncos because I think the one thing that's going to affect this game most is Teddy Bridgewater. He was removed from last game with a concussion, and they was replaced by Drew Locke. And as soon as Drew Locke went in, that offense went to the dumps. So first things first, this entire game is dependent on whether or not Teddy Bridgewater plays. We have no, we, okay, so unfortunately, we have heard nothing of his concussion right now. Typically, he'll play, right? Concussions is usually about three or four days. They give him another test. They're fine. They're going to delay that test until as soon as possible before the game. I think he'll be okay. But if he doesn't play, you got to just completely sell. There's so many players for the Broncos that I wouldn't be starting if Locke is in. So Teddy Bridgewater plays. Um, he's a guy that I'm going to sit either way. One, he does have the concussion. You know, you want your quarterback to be 100%. They go against the Steelers, and here's the thing. The Steelers have been torched by quarterbacks this year, but their quarterbacks have been Derek Carr having a career year, Aaron Rodgers, you know, last year's MVP. He was phenomenal. Josh Allen, who has been insanely good this year. Oh, yeah, and Joe Burrow, who is, like you mentioned already, looking like the first-round pick that, you know, they really hoped that he would be. And so, for me, I'm sitting Bridgewater. Melvin Gordon right now, he's 18th in fantasy scoring amongst running backs, but he was 40th last week without Teddy Bridgewater because of how bad that offense struggled. So it's very clear. If Bridgewater plays, start Gordon. If he does not play, you need to sit Gordon. That's really as clear as it gets. And Javonta Williams saw a few carries last week, and he's been you know, kind of having a bit of a role there. Either way, I'm going to sit him. The production hasn't been there enough. Um, as far as the wide receivers go, Cortland Sutton, go back to a few weeks ago, man. 12 targets, 9 catches, 159 yards versus the Jaguars. Like, 
his quarterback is healthy, this could be a good matchup for him against the Steelers, giving up the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers. I would play, again, play Sutton if Bridgewater is in. Otherwise, no. I'm going to sit Tim Patrick, and of course, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler are both out on the A on the IR. Now, same thing goes for Noah Fant. I um, feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but it's really that straightforward. Do you trust Noah Fant to have a good game if his quarterback is out? I don't. I mean, fact of the matter is, what did he have, like two catches for like 20 yards last game? He struggled. So he's a sit as well, depending on, of course, what his quarterback does. Uh, their kicker, Brandon McManus, I'll say it again, he's been a good kicker. He actually hasn't missed a kick this year. He's been phenomenal. But that offense needs to score points. They need to move the ball. Same thing as the rest of the players. It depends on Bridgewater's health. And finally, uh, the Broncos defense, I'm going to play them this week. They are third in fantasy points this season. They go against the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger has just not been that great. This could be a good week for that defense. Pick up some turnovers and have a good day. Speaking of the Steelers, yeah, I'm going to sit Ben Roethlisberger. The Broncos give up the second fewest fantasy points to QBs, and Bridgewater, or excuse me, and Roethlisberger has yet to have a multiple touchdown game. That's it. I mean, one touchdown is just not enough. He needs to do better than that, but he hasn't, so that's a sit. You know who's a must start? Najee Harris. Man, he has looked phenomenal. And the funny thing is, he has looked phenomenal despite how horrible that offensive line has been. He's currently fifth in PPR scoring amongst running backs. He's been top eight three games straight in weekly running back scoring. He's been insane. Ben Roethlisberger made a comment about him, right, that I thought was very telling. And and Ben's played with some good players before and some good running backs. And Ben says he believes that's probably the best running back that he has ever played with. Wow. Um, Big shot on Le'Veon Bell there, but... Yeah, and about um, you know, Jerome Bettis. And Jerome Bettis. I'm a little older. It didn't even cross yeah, my mind. Or you're a little bit old. I'm a little young. Words yeah. are hard. I'm tired. It's a long um, day. But I would lower your expectations a bit on Najee Harris. The Broncos have given up the fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. He is still a must start, but I wouldn't expect him to finish as an RB1. I would expect him to finish as an RB2. As far as the wide receivers there go... Deontay Johnson has been their wide receiver one. It is inarguable. Arguable. Statistically, he has been their best wideout. He's averaging like 12 targets a game. He went for 105 yards two games ago, and he went for 100, and, or excuse me, and he went for 92 yards over his last game. He's looked really good. In fact, he is currently 23rd in wide receiver scoring. I would, and funny thing is, he's 23rd in wide receiver scoring, and he missed a game. So he's actually been great. I would start Deontay Johnson. Now, uh, Chase Claypool is questionable with a hamstring injury. That has held him out. Um, for simplicity's sake, you kind of got to hope he's out so that there's some, you know, just more, you know, I guess less spreading the ball out for some of these other wide receivers. Um, I'm going to probably sit Chase Claypool. I feel like even if he plays, he's not going to be 100%. And again, if Bridgewater's out, the Steelers may not need to score a lot of points to win. Finally, Juju Smith-Schuster, he's a must-sit. He has been such a bust this year. He's been horrible. He's the wide receiver 58 in fantasy scoring, and despite seeing eight targets last week, he only had two catches. Is that Juju or Ben? Is that Juju or Ben? Absolutely. That's a great question. Hard to say, but it doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter because you're going to sit him anyways. Uh, finally, we're excited about, I love watching that Pat Freermouth. I'm excited to see what he can do, but he's not fantasy viable right now. Last week, he had just two catches for 23 yards. I'm going to sit him as well. Again, bright career. We'll see what happens in the next couple of years. Maybe it's Ben Roethlisberger's fault. Maybe it's developing, whatever, but for now, he's a sit. 
I'm going to sit Chris Boswell. He only attempted one field goal in each of the last three games, and I'm going to sit the Steelers' defense unless uh, Drew Locke is out there. If Drew Locke is playing, you know, I think you got to start that defense. Oh, yeah, you definitely have to. So my last game on this video, before we get to our uh, other video with the other ones, is the Eagles versus the Panthers. Start with the quarterback there. Quick question for you. Who's leading the league right now in rushing touchdowns? Do you know? I don't know. Sam Darnold. Go figure, right? Not oh, that's. Back. Did you see the picture? It was Cam Newton next to Sam Darnold, and it says, "Oh, look the the greatest rushing quarterback of all time is standing next to Cam Newton." <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, he's he's doing a great job. But here's the thing: it's not like one yard plunges where he's just doing the quarterback sneak. They're drawing up plays for him, which is nice. Now, besides Matt Ryan in Week One, uh, they have been exposed. Okay, the Eagles have been exposed by quarterbacks, and right now, Sam Darnold seventh in fantasy scoring. His average points per game, he's looking pretty good. Now, I think some people are very hesitant. He's still available in a lot of leagues out there. Mm-hmm. People are hesitant to pick him up. He's not with the Jets anymore, everybody. It's okay to grab this guy. He can be trusted. Adam yes. Gase can't hurt you anymore. I know. It's safe. It's, it's safe, safe to come out. Um, he's obviously not a Tier 1 quarterback, but he's a good fantasy play. Now, let's look at Jalen Hurts. He's actually fourth in quarterback scoring. I never would have thought that looking into it. Um, he hasn't looked great, but I tell you what, his legs, athleticism, things like that, playing from behind, make him a weekly start. Mm-hmm. Even with him and the wide receiver not totally clicking, it doesn't matter. Now, he's been doing like this. Lean out his tight ends together. Earth's role has been expanding. you got Goddard there, and it's working. Mm-hmm. Looks like you have some thoughts there on uh, Jalen Hurts. I don't have anything to add. It's just weird. It is. Funny thing is, yeah, he's working with those tight ends. They're looking a lot better than I expected. Every time you say Hurts, though, I just think of what he said in that interview the other day. I didn't hear it. Uh, they had a bad game, and they were asking him to comment on the game, and he didn't want to talk about it. So he said, when you take a poop, do you stare at it? No, you flush it and move on. That's so, good point. I like that. So that's, that's like a life. That's a really good right yeah, piece of advice for life. But anyways, uh, Jalen Hurts, he's been really good. He is, yeah. No, he's playing the Panthers, and oh, my God, the Panthers' defense. Look out. Last week, people talked about how great they were. Um, I'm not sure now what to think about the Panthers' defense. They were great, but that was against Zach Wilson, Davis Mills and Winston. Last week versus a good quarterback, Dak Prescott, he lit them up. Mm-hmm. So I think right now I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. I think he's a good start. Yeah, and that's, that's a bit of a risk because, yeah, you say, oh, they finally got lit up against a real quarterback, but Dak Prescott's really good. So yeah. he's going to do that against most teams. Yeah, but those other quarterbacks are really bad. So we haven't had a chance to see, like, how do they do against a, a middle-of-the-road you know, offense and quarterback. We'll, we'll yeah. find out this week. Um, I do think that defense is good, just not nearly as good as we saw the first three weeks. As far as running backs go, we got Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell. Um, I would sit Sanders. In fact, uh, came out today, ESPN, Tim McManus said that the Eagles' backfield is creeping in closer to a timeshare, and it might stay that way until Miles Sanders begins to be more productive. Yeah. And so you're seeing that right now. We talked about in our waiver wire video, uh, Gainwell's looking good. Here's what you need to do with those running backs. You need to own both. You need to sit both. Yeah. Both of them are worth being owned at this point, but I wouldn't start either one of them. Uh, no, absolutely. I love that. That's a great piece of advice. Yeah. Uh, Chubba Hubbard versus Philadelphia. They're allowing the seventh most points to running backs. As long as McCaffrey's out, he's a running back to start. Play him. Going to the wide receivers, DJ Moore. First-round pick who's very underrated, who's really blossoming. Now he's actually got a good quarterback. Right now he's fourth in wide receiver scoring in fantasy. Um, you need to start him as a wide receiver one. He's looking really, really good. In fact, we said last week to stream him in Daily Fantasy. I hope you did. I did. I won a bunch of money on him. Um, great quarterback. And nice. Wide receiver way, to, way to put the brag in there real brag quick. Brag in there, yeah. So. Um, the other wide receivers, I'd sit them. Anderson, uh, he's kind of disappeared this year. Now, he did have 11 targets last game. That is encouraging, but the production is still absent there, so I'd sit Anderson. As 
As far as wide receivers for Philadelphia, Devontae Smith, that dude's a real deal. There's a lot of wide receivers that came out this year that look like they're going to be the real deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it was a loaded wide receiver class, and he's another one very talented there. I would start him in wide receiver two in large leagues. In small leagues, Smith is a wide receiver three. Sit all other wide receivers in that one. I would say the Panthers' tight ends. Now, as far as the tight ends go for Philadelphia, this one's confusing for me. you got Dallas Goddard and Ertz. Um, a couple years ago, Ertz was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, his role went down, but now he's expanding again. I think what's happening right now is they're kind of using both of those guys. So what you need to consider is that they're both worth starting, but as very low tight end ones or tight end two based on league size. Uh, neither kicker are exciting plays in this one, so I try to avoid. And then as far as defense go, Carolina looked lights out, but like it says, versus the Jets, Saints, and Texans. Um, now I want to know exactly how good they are. I like to sit them this week until we can just figure out exactly where that defense is at. Now they've had kind of a, a better, like you said, Dash Prescott is really good. Those other quarterbacks are horrible. Now I think we're going to really find out how good that Panthers defense truly is and that I would just sit Philadelphia's defense in this one. Yeah, you know, going back one more thing that you talked about, Devonta Smith, he's been good. One of those phenomenal rookie wide receivers. Here's the thing. I've heard a few comments from people saying, wow, I'm really surprised how good he is. Like, do we forget that he won the Heisman? Yeah. So, like, uh, you know that award is given out to the best college football player. Like, we, I don't know why some people are surprised. Yeah, yeah, there, there's so many talented wide receivers out there. But that's also why we always say when you go into the draft, load up on running backs because you can find values out there for wide receivers. Well, this isn't the only year. How many wide receivers came out last year? Jefferson had the best rookie receiving year ever. C.D. Lamb was right behind him and probably would have been just as good if Dak played all year. Like, there's it just seems like there's always more wide receivers. All right, our final game for this video, and again, I would encourage you to check out the part two video when we post it, but final game is Titans versus Jaguars. We got to talk about Ryan Tannehill. He's a guy you got to sit right now. Both of his wide receivers are banged up. Now, it's a good matchup versus the Jaguars defense, but when your top two weapons are banged up and he's already just 17th in QB scoring for me, that's, that's a definite sit. There's really no way around it. Um, a guy that you must start who has been... Even better than I could have ever expected. He is, despite how good he was last year, he's still surprising me this year. Derrick Henry. He has 558 total yards in the last three games. That's 186 yards a game. Yeah, Most guys are lucky to have a single game at 186 yards. Yeah, I think the one that's offside in it, one, his, his efficiency is not like it was last year's yards per carry are down, but they're not afraid to feed this guy over and over and over. They don't care about uh, uh, Reynolds' tires on him. And they're making up for some of that efficiency that's dropped through. He's been very active in the passing game. Um, he doesn't look bad at all. I wonder why they didn't use him before. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe it just finally put some effort in this offseason to learning how to do that. I don't know. As far as the wide receivers go, we don't know a lot. Both Julio Jones and A.J. Brown missed last game. And currently, we frustratingly, teams have been doing this. They did it with Gronk, and they're doing it to us with, seems like, every player. They're just not telling us anything. They did, like, where Gronk was literally like, it's a game-time decision, and then we find out that, like, he's dead or something. Like, yeah, he had four broken ribs and a punctured lung. He was never going to play. Um, it feels like we're getting the same thing with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. I did hear a report that it sounds like Julio Jones is more likely to return than A.J. Brown, but there's a good chance they both might be out. And if one of them returns, I feel like what we're hearing is A.J. Brown is not going to play this week. As far as we know, if Julio plays... He's a, he's a guy you got to start, especially if he plays but Brown doesn't because he's going to see a ton of volume in the passing game as their sole weapon there. 
Um, if both of them sit for me, there's no one else that I'd really play in that offense. They had that Westbrook and they had a few other wide receivers that, you know, we kind of watched and we thought maybe they'd have a good day, but nobody really stepped up in that role in the absence. Am I right? Yeah. Josh Rounds had a decent day, but I mean, I think he had absolutely nothing headed into that game. And so who's it going to be there? I mean, it's just uh, to me, I'm, I'm a conservative player. I wouldn't trust that. And another thing is they may not need to throw the ball much. I mean, it's Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, when your running back's getting you 186, carry, or 186 yards himself and you're against Jacksonville, it's pretty much all you need. Yeah. But uh, moving on, the tight ends, I'm going to sit all their tight ends. They have like a weird, they've got like a weird trio of tight ends they use. They use Ferkshire, they use Pruitt, and they use Swain. None of those guys are getting more than like a catch or two in a game. Just sit them all. I would sit their kicker, Randy Bullock, and the Titans defense, I'm going to sit them too. They're averaging just two fantasy points a game. They've been a huge disappointment this year. And They've been disappointing for a defense we already knew was bad coming into the year. Yeah, they had a great matchup last week. And, you know, was it the evolution of uh, Zach Wilson? Or, or was it just that it was the Titans defense that made him look so good? At one point, I was starting to count. I was wondering if they didn't have enough players out there because they just were looking so bad. <laughs> uh, taking a look at the other side, Trevor Lawrence. He's currently 24th in quarterback scoring, and he has yet to have a single week inside the top 12. I mean, that's just it. He is a definite sit. Um Maybe that's not him. Maybe that's the whole situation. I've been hearing reports about, you know, they want to fire their coach there and uh, Urban Meyer and all this stuff, but they're a mess right now. It's nothing against Trevor Lawrence. You just can't play him in fantasy at this point. Who you can play is James Robinson. He's got three touchdowns in the last two games, and the coaching staff are finally taking notice. In game one, he had five carries, then he had 11, then he had 15, and then he had 18. He is finally getting the touches he deserves you got to play James Robinson. He is a volume play for sure. And I like his matchup against the Titans, so that helps a lot as well. Now, going to the wide receivers, DJ Chark is out on the IR. This means good things for both Chenault and Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones is a must-play. The Titans give up the second-most fantasy points to wide receivers. Jones was already really the number one wideout. He could see an extra target or two in this game. He could have an actually, I think he could have a really good game. I wouldn't be surprised if he went over 120 yards in a touchdown. I don't know if you disagree with that. It's you know, kind of a slightly bold take, but I, I think he'll be good. Yeah. As far as LaVisca Chenault goes, um, he has been not so great this year, but he has been getting better. Three weeks ago, he saw two catches for negative three yards. Two weeks ago, he saw four catches for 48. And last week, he saw six catches for 99 yards. In fact, I think with rushing yards, he went over 100 yards per carry. That was his first 100-plus career in game in the NFL. So I think you can play LaVisca Chenault. But for me, I'm going to understand that it's based off of matchup, the injury to Chark, and the fact that, um, that he's been getting a little bit better. And I would still only consider him to be a wide receiver three in this game. I'm going to sit Dan Arnold. They did just trade for him last week in his in his kind of Jaguars debut. He saw just two catches for 29 yards. I'm going to imagine that's just because it was his first game in the offense. He'll get better. I think he's going to have a good role in this team. But for now, I need a couple weeks to see that actually happen. Um, and then I'm going to sit Josh Lambeau. He scored just three fantasy points all year. That's, That's bad. how bad he's been. And finally, I'm going to sit the Jaguars defense. Again, that team is a mess right now. I'm hearing reports about Urban Myers going to bars and hitting on college mm-hmm. girls. And then uh, some interesting videos of him trying to dance with the young kids. Not looking great. But yeah. in fact, I've heard reports that he's throwing it because he hates coaching in the NFL so much. He came out and said that every week in the NFL feels like he's coaching against Alabama. Ouch. Which sounds like a... It just sounds whiny if you ask it me. Does, it what, does, What yeah. do you expect? But... 
So anyways, as we wrap up the video, you know, we've, we threw a lot out there. We actually have more information we want to give you, but I keep the video somewhat short, which it's not. Um, the best way that we can help you, though, is leave a comment, mm -hmm. you know, because you have so many things that you can contextualize, bench, scoring system, et cetera, who do you have that we just can't put in the video. So if you really want us to dial down on it, please leave a comment. We would love to hear from you. Thank you once again for joining us. From all of us at FFP, God bless and take care.